Hi, I'm Todd from Finish Line Financial, and this is Retirement Secrets, where we talk about what it takes to retire like a multimillionaire. Today, I want to introduce you to somebody who is an inspiration to all those who want an active retirement. Now tell me, how many times have you heard something that goes like this? And maybe this is perhaps your story. Because it's not uncommon that people in their teenage years, for example, are busy, they're active, some play sports, they're full of energy. Then you transition to your 20s and you're still active, still full of energy, but you get your first job. So it's sort of kind of the first time you maybe get behind a desk and start to slow down just a touch. You get to your 30s and your careers are taken off. Maybe you get married, kids start to come along. You start to put on a little bit of weight, perhaps. In your 40s, now you're working long hours, driving kids around to school activities. Your doctor mentions you need to be careful with your health or you might need to consider medications. Hmm. And then your 50s. Now your doctor's chirping in your ear about losing weight. He's no longer or she's no longer talking about maybe medications because maybe now you are on cholesterol medication and or blood pressure medication and your body's starting to slow down a little bit. And you think, how did I get here? That story is no longer Isla Allen, today's guest. Isla instead is accelerating towards retirement. However, she'll be the first to tell you that by age 40, she was in the thick of the sludge of the grind of life. Right? She was working during the day and then also working at night teaching. She got her bachelor's degree, then her master's, and then more. Stay tuned for that. She was just burning the midnight oil and not taking care of herself. By age 54, her doctor was actually threatening to check her into a healthcare facility. It was getting serious. Hear about how Isla's brother helped her get off the couch and to a new starting line in life, one where she is accelerating towards retirement. And I got to tell you, after talking with Isla and interviewing her and asking her questions, she is a huge inspiration to me. And this indeed is the Retirement Secrets first guest interview. Here's my conversation with Isla Allen. Isla Allen, welcome to the Retirement Secrets podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Isla Allen? Uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, first, I'm not retired, even though my age said so, but I'm not. <laughs> so we'll put that out there just for, you know, for purposes. Well, born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, uh, not a suburb, in the city. Okay. Because mm-hmm. when I say Chicago, I mean Chicago. Okay. Most people say it and they live in an hour and a half away. Exactly. I'm not a <laughs> suburban girl, so for now. And uh, I'm single, no kids, and uh, but I have nephews and I'm auntie to a lot of folks. My mom was a single mom and uh, she, we needed to be in eyesight at all times. Wow, that's, 
that's uh, an interesting part of your story. I didn't know that from before. So yeah, so a lot of people, you know, a lot of people were uh, are exposed at a young age, you know, uh, baseball, football, flag, whatever. We weren't we and more probably more so me than um, the rest of my siblings because of uh, the era that I grew up in. It just wasn't conducive to that. So and I had a, my mom, I said a single parent. So yeah. I was kind of like second in command. OK, uh-huh. uh, I do have a sister who is four years younger than me. And I have a brother who is 14 years younger than me. So now if you fast forward, I'm about in my 40s right now. OK, yep. And uh, I finally got that bachelor's degree done. And uh, I was so ecstatic, so excited. And uh, unfortunately, my mom didn't get to see that because she, oh. she had passed away. And uh, But I had my siblings, you know, and so they were very proud of me. And, you know, people don't understand. It's very hard to go back to school when you're an adult because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a totally different mindset than when you're, like, in your 20s. You come out of high school, you go to college, and you move on with life. But if you skip that in between and you move on to life, you know, ish happens when you have life now. Okay. What does your health look like as you're kind of traveling through life at this point? Are you still active? Is your, you, you, you know, um, you know, how, where do you stand from a health standpoint? Oh, health was pretty good. You know, I didn't pay any attention to it. Hey, I'm, I'm alive and breathing. What else do I need? Okay. Yeah. And that's how I, I carry things through. Um, nothing was wrong or anything at the time. So uh, I just, it was just my everyday, you know, you get up, you shower, you go to work, you know, you go out and stuff like that. But there was no physical activity on my part. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what you're alluding to. Okay. Now, exercise, how do you spell that? (laughs) What, what is that? Oh, that's a word. Oh, is action? Nah, I knew nothing about that. Okay. Again, just your daily routine, hanging out with your buddies or, you know, just, you know, cooking, eating, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you have to realize, you know, being African American, we have certain uh, issues that run in our community in terms of health wise, but I was oblivious to all of that. Okay. So oh, I'm fine. So not even on your, none of this is even on your radar. You're just, nope. you're living life kind of going through the grind of life and this isn't really on your radar yet. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So finally I thought about it. I said, Hmm. Maybe I should get my master's. So, okay. Never say never. Okay. Uh In anything you do, but it will come back to you. Okay. So I went and I started my master's program. Again, full-time master's, full-time work. Full-time job. Okay. Okay. And by this time, once I had gotten my master's, I picked up a second job. Okay. So you, you were working. Mm-hmm. You're also going to school to get your master's. Once you mm-hmm. finish your master's, then you added a second job. In a yes, I started teaching. Okay. I started teaching part-time undergrad. So you're burning the midnight oil then. Yeah. So now you see the wheels in motion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second job, burning the midnight oil, not eating properly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now the wheels are really, first they were just sitting there. Now they're like, okay, you're not paying attention. We're going to start rolling. Mm-hmm. So the wheels started rolling. Uh, once I completed my master's, you know, I was doing fantastic. And I think that was in 2006-ish. Uh, took a little bit of a break. And uh, somebody else, I need to stop listening to people, uh, suggested, you know, 
I think you would be a great PhD candidate. I said, okay, you are smoking something and we need <laughs> to share that because <laughs> that's not, I said, PhD doctorate is not for people like me. Wow. I have no role models to see uh, another black female woman who has their PhD. So what makes you think I can do this? Uh-huh. And they said, well, you know, don't rule out the possibility. Just think about it. Okay. It's fascinating, so- Isla, because it took, it took, there was a catalyst that took to motivate you to go back and finish your undergrad, right? You wanted, you didn't get the job that you wanted. And they said the reason was is because you didn't have didn't complete your degree. So there, there was a catalyst to go back for that. Then somebody planted the seed about a master's program. And maybe not necessarily your first choice, but you ended up do, going for the master's and getting your master's. And now we're at the PhD level and you still have other people planting seeds in your head and encouraging you to pursue something that was not even on your radar that you didn't right. even think was possible because you said, you, you don't see that in your, in your circles. No, absolutely not. I do have friends who are doctors and attorneys and things like that, but that's way up there as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Please, that's not even me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's that same counselor who, who is now my friend, uh, maybe I shouldn't call her a friend, but, <laughs> but uh, who gave me that seed to get my master's, put the same seed in for me to get my doctorate. Wow. She says, you're, you're, you're on a roll now. She says, so you yeah. might as well keep picking up the moss. You, you need to keep going. I said, that master's, I mean, took, really just took me out. I'm so tired. You know, you know, sitting there writing a paper at three o'clock in the morning. And I, I, leave, I get up for work at six. So that only leaves me three hours to, to sleep. Wow. Okay. And also, as you, but if you look back, you see that, you see what I'm doing, right? Working, no sleep. Not bad eating, eating well, habits right exactly habits. so all of this is now the momentum is picking up even mm. more in terms of health but i still don't see it what people don't understand is that when you get into a habit good or bad you adjust because it happens gradually well I've right. i'm sorry and you don't you don't see it because this is what should, this is my everyday routine. Well, there's nothing wrong. I had a headache every now and then. I took a couple of Advils and right. I kept moving. Okay, so you're driven, clearly. I mean, you, you, you can't string this all together without having an internal drive to do it. But you're obviously giving up. You're giving up some things, right? You're, you're giving up sleep, yep. right? You're giving up taking care of yourself. Yep. Uh, I said, you said you eat toast and tea, but there's probably other things that you're just convenience food that you're surviving on in, you know, in between yep. as well, I would assume. Right. So this, so you start the doctoral program 2008. When did you complete it? 2014. 14. Okay. It's when I was hooded. But 2008, 2009 is when I was diet type. Uh, I was diagnosed as type two diabetic. Hmm. So all of that caught up with me. How did that hit you, right? Is, did it, was it just another thing that sort of just kind of accumulated or did that sort of stop you in, a tra- in your tracks and get your attention? I mean, how did, that, how did that impact you? It scared the hell out of me. <laughs> Tell us about it. You know, it gets very cold here in Chicago. 
And I'll never forget it was in February. I came home from work. We had a little bit of major snowstorm coming. So we all decided we're going to go home early. Got home, changed clothes, got ready to sit down and do some work. And I noticed that my feet were so cold. Mm. And I'm like, okay, so I put some socks on. And then they were still cold. So sitting there trying to rub my feet. And uh, I did like this on the bottom of my feet. If, if they're not looking, I'm rubbing my feet with my hands. Yeah, right. And uh, I couldn't feel anything. I'm like, okay. You couldn't feel the bottoms of your feet at all? Couldn't feel the bottoms. If you're rubbing them together, you can't I feel, feel it. My hand to my foot contact, I felt nothing. Only reason I knew I was rubbing my feet is because I saw myself doing it. Huh. So I went to walk into the kitchen and I couldn't feel myself walking. I only knew I was walking because I knew I was walking. Your legs were moving, right. And so I had what you call neuropathy. Hmm. So I, you know, I did a little Google search, no feeling in my feet. And it says that's, a, that's neuropathy, which could be an onset of diabetes. I'm like, okay, this is not good. But, you know, I don't listen to Dr. Google like most people do. I called my doctor the next day. Okay, smart. And I told her what was happening. Plus, I uh, had caught bronchitis. I was kind of born with bronchitis. So it rears this ugly head every blue moon when it gets an opportunity. Well, mm. this was a prime opportunity, okay? So I'm hacking and looking and all that kind of stuff. And she hears me over the phone. She says, oh, you sound horrible. Mm. I said, well, also, I said, my feet. I don't feel my feet. She says, what do you mean? I said, well, when I walk, I feel like I'm floating, like uh, like Jesus on the water. She starts cracking up. I said, but I'm really walking on the floor. I just don't feel my feet. She said, what else? Are they tingling? I'm like, no, I just don't feel them. She says, okay. So I might be diabetic. She says, oh, well, let's just not jump the gun yet. I need you to come in for a blood workup. Right. I said, well, I'm Jeremy. I said, I'm so, you know, I'm just, it's awful. She says, well, I, I need to come in. I need to assess you. So I go into the office and I'm hacking and hoofing. And uh, she says, it's all in my chest because she can hear it when she, what do you call it, the stethoscope? Yeah. Then on my back, it was all lodged in my chest. Okay. She says, oh, you sound awful. So she gives me what you call a Z-pack, which really, I don't like those, but it's uh, antibiotics, okay? Mm -hmm. A well. mega dose though. And uh, she said, we're going to take a, we're going to take a blood test and we, but we need to get this bronchitis out of your chest and you know I need you to go home and take these meds I'm like okay and uh so I have no appetite she said that's not good she said she took my blood pressure my blood pressure was 170 over oh 110 over 110 oh my gosh she saw that she says let me try the other arm, okay? Maybe because you're, you know, nervous about being here. And I've been going to her for a while now. She says, okay, time out. You're done. She says, whatever you're doing, got to stop. As of we're speaking right now, you got to stop. Or I will put you in the hospital. She's good. Okay, so right there in her office, you're you can't feel your feet. You've got bronchitis. You've got high blood pressure. And she essentially is not letting you out of her office until she gave me two weeks. Two weeks for what? To turn it around, to bring the blood pressure down. 
she administered meds, she called it in. We have Walgreens here, so I guess you have those there. She called it in the Walgreens, she said, do not pass go. You need to go straight there. You need to get the medication, you need to come home and start, she said, I need that blood pressure to drop. Hmm. Well, remember I said I had a couple of headaches? Yeah. That was my blood pressure. Oh, interesting. Because I could sit and I could feel the pulsing in my side here. Like yeah. I had a heartbeat in my head. And she was not happy with me. Okay. So how, what'd you do during these two weeks? Did you follow the doctor's orders? Oh yeah. I see. I, this is where most people don't see. I, Isla knows how to follow rules. Okay. And, um, cause I didn't want to go to the hospital mm. and she had my brother's information as quote next of kin. She said, I will call your brother and tell him that you're not behaving over here. <laughs> now he has no idea because I haven't told him anything. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so with the, the antibiotics and everything, I, I finally started getting that bronchitis out of my system. Okay. Now, mind you, they got the blood results back. So she hasn't told me that I'm diabetic yet. Yeah. Okay. She suspects it, but you didn't, she didn't tell you officially. She didn't tell me because she didn't want to hit me with, with that, okay, just yet. So I had to go back to her in two weeks. Blood pressure was still up there, but it was getting better. Okay, and she asked me to give an outline of what I was doing because she wanted to see what was causing all this. And she, and I'm a spreadsheet person. So I had put everything in a spreadsheet, time zone, work, did that, did that. She says, you are insane. She says, I'm surprised <laughs> that you have not broken down beforehand. Huh. So then she told me, she says, I do want you to know you are type two diabetic. So this is dead serious. I mean, she, I mean, we're, I'm laughing a little bit here, but this is not, this moment in her office is not funny. She's dead. She's dead serious about yeah. the condition of your body. Yeah. She said, your body has been shot to hell and back. Mm. She says, I don't even know how you're sitting here. Mm. And when she told me I was type two diabetic, I burst into tears mm. and I'm not one to cry like that. I'm not a martyr or anything, but I'm just saying that it, 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 it just hit, cause I thought it was a death sentence. Okay. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She said, this can be turned around, but you're going to have to be the one to turn it around. Mm, okay. So there's hope, but it's not on her. It's on you. It's on me. She can give me the drugs and everything, but it's, it, you know, the drugs only do so much. You have to do your part. So she called in the prescription and I got in there and they're like horse pills as far as I'm concerned. I have a pillophobia, you know, I can't take a, a salt, a little bitty, whatever, a baby aspirin without gagging, okay? So <laughs> I said, uh, are these chewable? She's like, no, okay, so, so much for that. And I had to take them three times a day. And that's not including the blood pressure medication. So I was taking pills four times a day. Four times a day. So your list of meds is growing. You're taking them multiple times a day. But this is, she said medications alone, right? There, there needs to be lifestyle changes as well, uh, right? Exactly. So how, how did you transition from taking meds, seeing the doctor, and then all of a sudden, Lila decide, Isla decides to do something different what 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 happened well i like i said i'm not a pill taker and i said i'm not going out like this mm. 
I see people, older people in the grocery store walking around on walkers and pushers and all that kind of crap. So I, 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 I can't do that. I'm too vain for that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. A walker doesn't fit my lifestyle. It doesn't look good. Okay. So I'm going into her office every two weeks now. Okay. So you're on a short leash then. She wants very to short leash. Okay. And she says, I need you to move your body. I said, excuse me. I said, I'm moving when I, I, I so I don't understand. She said, I, you, I, you need to give me 15 minutes of exercise. I said, she said, I don't care. Jump up and down. You need to do something. Mm, need to move. You need to move. She said, you're carrying too much on your frame. I'm barely five feet, okay? Mm-hmm. So I was as wide as I was tall. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm just trying to keep it real. I want to understand, you know? Uh-huh. I'm not ashamed. And uh, she said, I need, you need to move your body. She said, things will start coming down, and it's not going to happen overnight. I said, so I guess I won't be looking like Halle Berry come Monday. She says, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh man, that's not good. She says, Halle Berry looks like Halle Berry because Halle Berry works out. Okay. I'm like, oh, whatever. Do you okay. have a pill for that? And that's what I asked her. And then I asked her, was there an app for that too? You know, she, 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 she was looking at me like this. Yeah, she, yeah, she was having none of that. She was not laughing. Okay. I'm like, okay, so this is not funny, right? She's like, no. She says, you are flirting. You're flirting. You're flirting with death. Mm. You're Mm. flirting. She says, I need you to think about that. I need you to give me one day a week that you move. One day. That's all I'm asking you. So fast forward, you know, I started making those moves and I did give her one day a week. And then I'm like, I start, I'm a calendar person. So what I did you do on that one day a week? You said one day a week. What, what was Isla doing that one day a week? I started stretching since I had been mo- immobile for so long. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, the, you know, we're in the age of technology. So I started, you know, taking myself for a walk mm-hmm. on my lunch period. I'd go outside and walk the perimeter of my building. Mm-hmm. I work in downtown Chicago. Uh, even in the snow, it's cold as all get up out. I bundle up and my boss was like, you're, you're going down that mess? Like, yeah, I said, I got to go home in it. So yeah. what's, what's, you know, well, just simple walking that is so, so a little bit of stretching. So that's pretty, pretty simple to start to get some mobility. And then it's walking. We all, most of us can walk. So you just started with uh, a few minutes on the lunch hour and just started walking around the yep. block. One and day a week. building is uh, like a, like a four block parameter thing that you can walk around on, and yeah. I'm right on Lakeshore Drive, downtown Chicago. So I Are do you that. Are you something? You said you're using nope. technology. You were, okay, just walking around. Just walking okay. around. Yeah, people I'm watching. Around. Just people watching like, oh boy, really? You need a hat on, dude. Okay, so <laughs> I can crack myself up, okay? And uh, she's like, okay, not bad because now my numbers have started to stabilize. Okay. They didn't go down, but they didn't go up. Mm-hmm. So now we have a benchmark, okay? She says, you've been here for the last six weeks. Because, you know, I go to see her every two Every weeks. two weeks, right. She says, okay, now we need to work on it to come down. So I was talking to my brother. And at the time, he was a little bit of a runner. 
And he was doing 10Ks and 5Ks. He says, why don't you run? Excuse me? Run where? Right. He says, you know, run. I'm like, for what? And he's laughing. I'm not thinking it's funny because I'm like, dude, you want me to run? And what? What do we? He says, sis, you need to, I, I think you might, you might want to try to run. I'm like, where? He says, well, you know, run from one block to the other block. I said, when? He says, do it on Saturday. And at the time I said, it's, it's too cold out there. I, I'm, I'm not doing that. He says, well, you belong to a gym. Don't they have a track? Mm, yeah, they did. He says, okay, so run in circles. And that's when it started. Hmm. I got the zero to 5K, couch to 5K app. Put it on my trusty, dusty iPhone. Plugged in my tunes and I walked in circles. So I thought I was very loopy, okay? I got bored with that. I'm like, there has to be more to it than this. But what I find interesting here though, Isla, is before you got there, before you got the app, before you started listening to you know, your, your podcast or wherever you're listening to your music, it took your brother to challenge you a little bit, right? He su- he suggested running, and you're like, "Well, I don't run. That's not you know." But but he again, it was somebody else planting a seed. But your brother had a little bit of stronger relationship. It sounds like he more than planted a seed. It sort of sounds like he sort of kind of nudged you or pushed you a little bit. Is that true? Yeah, because he knows if if he knows me, there is like oh. I can do that. <laughs> so, That's no problem. So he threw it out there and then we, we laugh about it now. Okay. Uh-huh. Cause I had no idea you would go this far with it. <laughs> and uh, so you're at the gym, you hear about this. I think you called it a couch to 5k. Tell, tell the listeners what, what it is that you were starting to train for. Oh, I just Googled uh, how to start running. Hmm. And a lot of the articles said uh, there's apps and uh, you can do this, you can do that. I didn't know what a training plan was. So I said, okay. I went on my iPhone, looked on the apps, and it said zero to 5K. I said, oh, that would be me. Okay. And uh, because you're at the zero, you, you know what zero is. I'm all right at the zero, right? It's like it's a high K goal, they lower than zero. Okay. <laughs> and and if, they, uh, if they've got the steps to go from zero to 5k, well, okay, well, I'm at zero. I fit that mold, right? And that's what I started doing. You, you plug it in and um, you hit start. And that's all I did because it would, it would tell you to, you walk at a certain pace at the time. You, you're not running when you do this and, uh, until you get to the end of the program. Because hmm. the whole thing is just to get the body to moving. And so like about the second week, that's when they start wanting you just to do a slow job. I'm like, oh my God, I got to move this body like that? I'm like, okay. This like, I felt like the Michelin woman, okay? <laughs> All this but, stuff. But here's the interesting thing that what you're saying is that the plan, the only requirement to start the plan was you had to have the ability to be able to walk. Mm-hmm. That was it. That you was it. To be able to walk. And if you could walk on day one, we'll just follow our plan and we'll get you there. Exactly and it's not like did. week one was walking. Week two was maybe adding a little bit of a additional movement to it. Can you pick it up? Can you just, can you pick it up? Hmm. And then can you pick it up? And then can you pick it up to the point where you're walking 
a little brisk to the point not, 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 now you need to run because you're tripping over your feet because you can't walk that fast, okay? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, I just kept going and going and going. I said, okay, so I can, I went, by this time I said, I need to do this outside. So you're in the dead of winter in mm-hmm. Chicago, having barely done more than just walking. And somehow this little seed that was planted, this little shift in your thinking and your mindset, now all of a sudden, because it's just incremental, right? It's just adding a little bit more each day or each each step of the training plan. All of a sudden, you're at the point where like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Now I've noticed that I can sleep a little better. Hmm, interesting. I'm a little bit more tired now, but not tired from school. Just tired. My body's like, okay, we need a little bit more sleep. So instead of going to bed at midnight, I start going to bed at 11. Mm-hmm. getting up at six so i'm getting a little bit more more sleep time now yeah okay wait a minute though you've got me hooked so i'm in the story here isla you're, you're doing this from zero to 5k but is there a 5k okay is, so there, finally, is there a race or what what what's how does this how does this happy story end so my brother god love him uh assuming it's a happy he, ending he says, you're doing all this work. You, you, you need a target. I said, well, now what do you want me to do? He says, well, you're putting all this race in, all this work in. You need a goal. You need to, you need to all the stuff you've done, you need to do a race. I'm like, race? Race? Are you kidding me? He says, yeah. He said, it'll be fun. I'm like, fun. This is, that's what you told me about this, and this is not fun. And he's like, trust me. He said, uh, I'll help you find a race. I'm like, you, you, you've lost your mind. And uh, so we found a race that was not far from the house here. Uh, it took me about 20 minutes and uh, I signed up for it and everything. And I, I twisted a friend of mine's arm to do this race with me. Oh, interesting. You're not I said, alone. you really need to come do this with me. So in case I die, you know. You, <laughs> you can, can scrape me off the pavement. Can, as I said, so you can scrape me off the pavement, okay? <laughs> and and I said, here's my brother's number, so you can call him if I don't make it. <laughs> you will be fine. You're such a uh, dramatist. I'm like, dude, I've never done this before. So race morning, you show up to the race. Mm-hmm. There's 1,499 other people there. The mu- There's probably background music. The music's pumping, and you're probably a little nervous, a little like, how, how the heck did I end up here with all yes. these athletes? I don't look like any of these people, right? Exactly. But my brother said, I'll, I'll be there to, to see you on. I'm like, okay. So him, my two BFFs, they came and uh, to support me because I'm in the back of the line. It's like, you know, I got all this energy because I'm so, that's what Jittery. I felt like. Jittery. And then the music is going, I'm jamming to me. Oh, I can't use that energy. I got to run. I got to run. Conserve. Got to conserve it, you know. And uh, my girlfriend, they're both of them are there. And then my brother finally shows up. And uh, they're all sitting there. And he said, I am so proud of you. Look at what you've done. I'm like, I ain't, I ain't started yet. So let's not <laughs> start doing that, okay? So now they say, runners, five minutes. So I'm in the back. I'm a back of the pack runner, okay? Oh, yeah. I knew I wasn't going to be up front. I had that much sense. Not okay. up front with all the rabbits and girls. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't even know who they are. Now, I watched the Olympics. So I know enough to know that the fast people are in front. <laughs> so you're, okay. heading, you're heading to the back. I was a, it was like maybe 12 of us in the back. Oh, we'll have fun back here. Yada, yada, yada. 
So now they said, runners, one minute to race time. When you hear the bullhorn, that's when we go. So I got my trusty, dusty uh, Garmin on that I had bought for myself. That was a Garmin big purchase. watch. Yep. Garmin watch. And uh, so I told my brother, I'm giving everybody a kiss and a high five. I'll see you later. My brother's like, you don't think I was going to let you run this by yourself. <laughs> and when he took off his jacket, he had a bib on. Oh, yeah, my God. And, and that's when I lost it. Uh, I told him, I said, uh, when we started running, he said, this is your race. You train hard for this. And it's in oh. April. And yeah. we had, a, it was a little chilly, but it was like the perfect running weather. Yeah. He said, you run your race. I'm going to be right here. Don't worry about me. Oh, but I am here. My brother was there to support you and run with you. And uh, I didn't know the course. I didn't know anything about like looking at the course and all that kind of stuff. You yeah, know, I didn't run a 5K. Running. You don't even know if you're going to finish, right? Right. I had no idea. He said, you run everything you learn. You do it now. Hmm. Everything, all the cold, snow, the treadmill, the laps around the the, the track, he says, it all, you're going to use that today. He said, just stay focused. Well, I stayed so focused, I left him. <laughs> he said he As in, you got ahead of him and he was yes. behind you? Oh, way to go, Isla. And he said, I went to bend down to tie my shoe and I looked up. He says, well, where does she go? <laughs> did, did she turn off too soon? I was so far ahead. But he just shook his head. Now, of course, he caught me. My brother's 6'3", okay? But it was a point that I had moved so quickly and so effortlessly, you know? And then all my friends were waiting at the finish line for me. I mean, you oh, would have thought I won the gold. I mean, yes, that's what it felt you like. Did. You did. And uh, that's when I had the bug. That's when you were bit. Oh, my gosh. And the, and the cool thing is that your baby brother was there to run with you and the support of your friends. Well. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I think that's a perfect place to end our podcast uh, for the first episode. And, uh, and I know we're going to do another one for this, the second one, but I, I love that the journey, Isla, was not by yourself, right? That's part of every step of the way, whether it be back to when you were going to needed to get your bachelor's degree or your master's degree. There were people that were planting seeds or nudging you or as you're in your brother's situation, pushing you a little bit. And this journey to your, from the, from zero to the 5k, you didn't do on your own. You did it with others. So I want to say, Eileen, you know this because we've talked previous, but you really inspire me. Your story oh. inspires me. And I very much appreciate you being on, on this episode of the podcast. Thank you. I enjoyed myself. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thanks for listening to Retirement Secrets. If you want to learn more about how to retire like a multimillionaire, please visit our website at yourfinishline.com. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. 
individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. There is no assurance that the investment techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Alternative investments may not be suitable for all investors and should be considered as an investment for the risk capital portion of the investor's portfolio. The strategies employed in the management of alternative investments may accelerate the velocity of potential losses. Any guest speakers, along with the companies they are associated with, are not affiliated with or endorsed by Finish Line Financial or LPL Financial.